Welcome to the Doe Valley Ministry Podcast, where you can find faithful teaching and preaching of the Word of God. Our Gospel reading comes from the Gospel of Mark once again this morning. And we finish up Mark chapter 7. Mark chapter 7, verses 24 to 37. We see a couple more healings of Jesus here this morning. From there he arose and went to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And he entered a house and wanted no one to know it, but he could not be hidden. For a woman whose young daughter had an unclean spirit heard about him, and she came and fell at his feet. The woman was a Greek, a Syrophoenician by birth, and she kept asking him to cast a demon out of her daughter. But Jesus said to her, Let the children be filled first, for it is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. And she answered and said to him, Yes, Lord, yet even the little dogs under the table eat from the children's crumbs. Then he said to her, For this saying, Go your way, the demon has gone out of your daughter. And when she had come to her house, she found the demon gone out and her daughter lying on the bed. Again, departing from the region of Tyre and Sidon, he came through the midst of the region of Decapolis to the Sea of Galilee. Then they brought to him one who was deaf and had an impediment in his speech. And they begged him to put his hand on him. And he took him aside from the multitude and put his fingers in his ear and spat and touched his tongue. Then, looking up to heaven, he sighed and said to him, Ephatha, that is, be opened. Immediately his ears were opened and the impediment of his tongue was loosened and he spoke plainly. Then he commanded them that they should tell no one, but the more he commanded them, the more widely they proclaimed it. This is the word of our Lord. So our scripture this morning involves two episodes in the life of Christ. The healing of the Syrophoenician woman's daughter and the healing in Decapolis. As we saw last week, the Pharisees and the crowd are becoming a little more hostile to Jesus and his disciples. So Jesus takes his disciples to Tyre for some private time where he can further instruct them and prepare them for the future. But somehow this this Syrophoenician woman, this Greek Gentile, finds Jesus and requests help for her daughter. She has a simple problem. Her daughter is possessed by demons, or at least a demon. She knows, she believes, and she knows that Jesus can help her. But she has no right to come to Jesus, to come to a Jew, for help. Essentially, this Greek, this Gentile woman, is asking to be blessed, and her daughter to be blessed, by the Jewish Messiah. She has no right to do this. But she comes and begs anyway. But she does it in a respectful way. And she does it by appealing to Jesus' Jewish heritage. Jesus hears this 
and wants, to under, wants her to understand who he really is before he will heal the daughter. So he initially rejects the request by simply ignoring her. But the woman is persistent. She doesn't give up. She doesn't leave him alone. She keeps bugging Jesus, following him around, begging and pleading with him to help her, to help her daughter. And according to the parallel account in the Gospel of Matthew, the disciples actually become annoyed with this woman. And finally they ask Jesus to address the situation. Take care of this problem. This woman is annoying us. She keeps following us, distracting us. Take care of it. So the woman comes once again. She leaves any of her pride, any of her dignity there that she may have. She comes, kneels in front of Jesus and begs at his feet to help her daughter. And what does Jesus say? He flat out tells her that his first responsibility was to preach to the gospel to the children of Israel. He says, the reason I'm here, the first thing I'm to do, my responsibility is to preach to the Israelites, to the Jews. He then equates her to a dog. Now to the Jews, a dog was a, a dirty, disgusting animal. And the Jews would often equate Gentiles as dogs. That's how they would refer to Gentiles. They're dogs. They're worthless. They're disgusting. So Jesus was essentially calling this woman a dirty dog. Now that's something that's hard for us to hear. Because that doesn't sound like the Jesus that we know, does it? But it's interesting because the Greeks viewed dogs much like we view dogs, as companions, as friends, as wonderful pets, and oftentimes part of the family. So the woman responds by simply saying, well, even dogs get table scraps and crumbs, right? So now it kind of starts to make sense why Jesus said that. Yes, Jesus came to preach the gospel to the Jews first. And that's the key word. If that's all he came for, he wouldn't have used the term first. He would have said, I came to only preach to the Jews. But he didn't say that. He said, my first responsibility was to preach to the Jews. So if that was his first responsibility, that meant that at some point in time, there would be time to preach to others, to preach to the Gentiles, for them to come and hear the word of God and to repent and to believe and to be blessed and to be saved. This woman knew and believed that Jesus could help her daughter. She knew, she had heard about these physical healings that he did. She knew that he had this power to heal her daughter. And now, after talking to Jesus, she knew that she also could be a part of God's kingdom. It's not re reserved just for Jews. 
Once she realizes this, she's ready to see to receive God's blessings through Jesus. And he's happy to help her. He's happy to grant her the healing that she requested for her daughter. The daughter is healed. Now, this is not the first uh, miracle or the first healing that, that Jesus did for the, the Gentiles. But now it does make it clear that Gentiles are part of God's kingdom. The second portion of our scripture this morning involves another healing. And even it continues on into Mark chapter 8, uh, where we read about the, the feeding of the 4,000 people. Again, there's really no new presentation of the gospel. There's no new presentation, no new information given to us. The only difference we see really from this point on in our scripture is the fact that Jesus is now including the Gentiles as part of his ministry, part of his activities, part of his teachings. Up until this point, it's pretty much been teaching to the Jews. The Jews by now have pretty much rejected him, and so he moves on to the second part of his ministry, which is opening and bringing the gospel to everyone. So Jesus leaves with his disciples after healing the, the woman's daughter. They go to another Gentile area. And they've been in this area before, if, we, if you remember. Uh, he cast out a demon uh, from, from a person there. And he sent that demon into a herd of pigs. And if we remember, the herd of pigs all killed themselves. They ran off the cliff uh, and, and, and died. So, and if we remember back to that uh, that story, the local people they were pretty upset because you know that was their that was their animals, that was their livelihood. They're all their livelihood essentially was dead. Their farm animals were dead. So they essentially threw Jesus out of the city. But this time, as Jesus returns, the the townspeople hear that he's there, and this time they bring a deaf man to him who was also had, had difficulty talking as well. And they want Jesus to heal this man. So his friends bring him, and they ask Jesus to help this man out. Jesus takes the man privately, takes him away from the crowd. Again, Jesus is on his heavenly timetable. He's got his uh, time frame all established. He's not trying to impress crowds. He's not trying to perform these wonderful signs. He's simply trying to stir the faith of individual people. So he takes them away from the crowd, puts his fingers into this man's ears, spits on his tongue, and he prays, be opened. And the man is immediately healed. He can hear. He can talk. And Jesus commands the Gentiles to speak of this to no one. Tell no one about what you saw here. Why? Again, he's on that heavenly time frame. He didn't come to be just a physical provider, a physical healer. He came to be Savior of the world. But, as our scripture tells us, the more he said, don't tell anyone, the more they told people about his physical healings. And large crowds came to him. They would have been Gentile crowds, bringing lame people, bringing blind people, bringing sick people. 
Just like the Jews, the Gentiles were coming to Jesus for those physical needs. Not the spiritual needs. They too missed the point. That is the question for us this morning. Have we missed the point? Jesus came to save sinners. That was his main purpose. He started with the Jews. They rejected him. He continued with the Gentiles. They came for the same physical needs as the Jews did. Sure, along the way, during his ministry, he helped many people with their physical troubles, their emotional troubles, their mental troubles. But his goal was to save their souls. Many people today spend a lot of time ministering to the physical needs of people. And that's something that the United Methodist Church encourages to minister to the poor, to minister to the sick, to minister to the dying. And that's important. No doubt about that. That's a great and worthy cause. However, we can help the poor people with financial resources. However, we can help the sick people or the dying people with whatever it is they need. We should be doing that. But, as we spend time ministering to those physical needs or the mental or emotional needs, do we also spend time ministering to their spiritual needs as well? Think about that. There are many people that, especially in their older age, their eyesight starts to diminish. They have difficulty seeing and they have almost an impossible time reading. But yet, they can still function normally. There's no really other problem. It's just their eyesight has maybe gone. What about just a wonderful phone call once a day just to read the upper room to them or our daily bread or just a portion of Scripture? how simple and easy it would be for us to minister to them, to minister to their spiritual need. So think about those the next time you're physically helping someone. Think about their spiritual needs as well. And try adding a little bit of that nourishment, not only to your own routine, but to theirs as well. Let us close with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for sending your Son to us. Not to simply heal us or to simply feed us physically or mentally, but to save us from our sin. Help us to convey that message to others that we meet this week. And as we come to your table this morning, enable us to truly recognize your hand in this world and in our lives. It's by the precious name of Jesus that we pray and give thanks. Amen.